Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to my first official podcast, Spiritual Alchemy, Stories of Radical Transformation. So this episode is actually going to be all about me and my journey. And the basis behind this podcast was that I have met on my travels so many fascinating, interesting, beautiful souls with amazing stories to tell about how they achieved their own spiritual transformation or awakening. And I wanted to be able to share these stories because I think they're so important to hear. So I'm going to begin with my own. And it starts about 2012. I went through a very unexpected divorce. And during this time, my son, who is autistic, had a lot of challenges dealing with all of the different changes we were going through. So we moved houses several times. He changed schools. His dad was not in the house anymore. And so there were a lot of things that he went through, and he had difficulty dealing with these. And I did too, honestly. A lot of the problems were mine because I was under stress as well. And so our relationship went through a lot of ups and downs. And he was nine at the time. As we got into increasingly more difficult behavioral challenges and I was screaming at him and he was screaming at me, I came to the point one day when I realized that things had to change. We couldn't keep going on as we were. And if I couldn't quote unquote fix him, then maybe I needed to fix myself. I'd also had a lot of self-blame and guilt during this time because I'm a psychologist and I actually specialized in autism before I had my child. During this time, I was thinking, why can't I use my professional repertoire of skills and practices to help us fix our relationship? But nothing was working. To preface this, I had actually taught my son about mindfulness when he was four or five years old. We used Thich Nhat Hanh's beautiful books for children, and I taught him about mindful movements and pebble meditation and all these little practices. And he really took well to those. They actually helped him calm down. When he became overwhelmed by stressors, he would use these practices to help himself relax and de-stress. But when all of these things happened in 2012, 2013, all of the practices went out the door. He couldn't use them. He was unable to. He was so emotionally dysregulated. He was overwhelmed and he just couldn't use them. So anyway, back to 2013, when I realized that something had to change, I decided to go on my own spiritual journey. And I really became immersed in mindfulness and self-compassion. I attended lots of spiritual retreats. And I remember one day on a spiritual retreat, I had this epiphany that the reason why my son was unable to use the practices I had taught him was because I thought those were his issues. So I taught him mindfulness for him. I didn't do them for me. Unless you are modeling and you are embodying mindfulness practices, it's really hard for you to get your child to do it. And when I had this epiphany, I realized that this was something that I could offer to other families. I actually ended up retraining in lots of different mindfulness practices so I could start teaching other families how to do it. While I was doing these retreats and these courses, I started to see a shift in the changes with my son. Our relationship became better because I was more mindful. I was using mindful communication. I was modeling and embodying the practices I was learning. 
this had a complete change in him as well because not only was my energy calmer, but he was able to see somebody using the practices and what a difference it could make. And so our relationship has gotten so much better. I mean, it's not perfect by any means. I don't think any relationship ever is perfect. I'm by no means a saint, so we still have our arguments and discussions, but they have gotten a hundred times better from where they were 10 years ago. So that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. Now, along the way, I've had several aha moments, and so I wanted to share a few of those. The first one was when I read a book by Anita Murjani called Dying to Be Me. She had had an near-death experience during which she realized the truth of life and that was that we are all one universal consciousness all living beings are connected this was such a huge eye-opener for me because I had always felt I love Matrix the movie I like to I talk in terms of the code and I like to say that this was my moment that Nia realizes about the Matrix and I was like oh my god This is the truth of life. She knows the truth of life. And this is what I've always had, this niggling in the back of my mind. There was something wrong or something not wrong so much as something that I didn't understand about the world. There was something bigger than me and I didn't know quite what it was. Once I read this book, it was such an epiphany. That was my first foray into universal consciousness and non-duality. And the second book I read was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Now, I got really, really immersed into Eckhart Tolle's world. I actually followed him around on retreats. I even ended up going to Greece one year because to be immersed in his energy and to listen to his words was so soothing and calming to me. It was like he was telling me the truth that I needed to hear. And so I really loved his teachings. Like I said, I followed him all over the world for probably about two, three years And then I started to look at other things. I had a mentor, a beautiful, beautiful soul who's still one of my best friends. And she's a Buddhist nun who converted from Judaism 30 plus years ago. Her name is Joni. I kept saying Joni. I really think that I am a Buddhist. And she would say, if you were saying that you think you're Buddhist, you're probably not. Because when your soul finds its home, your heart's going to know. And it's going to be an immediate yes. And I kept telling Joni, I still think I'm Buddhist, or maybe I just like a little bit of everything. And she would just give me this very beautiful, knowing smile. She happened to move to my small town just when I needed to learn about mindfulness. And she was pivotal in teaching me about mindfulness as she taught classes locally. So anyway, so I keep reading about all these different paths and all these different religions and philosophies. I was raised as mainstream Muslim. And while I loved parts of a religion, I had questions about a lot of it. And so that's why I was like, maybe there's something else that I'm meant to be and I just haven't found it yet. And I loved Buddhism because I loved to meditate. It had become such an integral part of my daily practice. I really loved to go inwards and just sit in the silence. It was so beautiful. And so while I was reading and watching things, I happened to stumble across Oprah's Super Soul Sundays. I started watching these because she interviews different spiritual teachers. And I thought, oh, this is a great way to get a little brief glimpse into different people's perspectives. And one day, so she interviewed this Sufi mystic named Llewellyn Vaughn Lee. 
there was something about that interview that really caught my interest. I went to YouTube and started looking up videos on him. I found this one video. As I started watching this video, I just started bawling. Now you have to understand, I don't cry easily. But there was something about what he was saying that was such a deep resonation for me. It was like everything I'd ever thought was true. He was saying every bit of it. I was 100% in. And I knew at that moment that I, I remembered that I was a Sufi. I had always been a Sufi. I had just forgotten for a while. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful moment. It was my first step into Sufism and my full-hearted acknowledgement that I was and am a Sufi. It just changed my entire life. That one moment when I had this almost an out-of-body experience, I got shivers and I was like shaking, I was bawling. It was it was just such a huge moment for me. And I've never been the same since because this one moment was pivotal in setting me on my path, on my path to being and becoming a Sufi. So then I went, you know, again, went down the different, there's so many different sects of Sufis. They all have different philosophies. They have different practices. For those who are unfamiliar with Sufism, it's basically the mystical aspect of Islam, and it really promotes the oneness of divinity. So you can achieve oneness with the universe, with, with the divine, through different practices that help you get out of your egoic state. And everything you do comes from a place of love. This resonated with me so strongly. For those of you who have heard of Rumi, who's a very famous, probably the most famous Sufi poet, if his words resonate with you, then he is like the epitome of Sufism. It's all about love. It's all about going back to love. It's about giving, creating, living love. And it's being of service to others, giving compassion and kindness and love to everybody you meet. So this became my guiding force in life. I have since learned about different sects. I've attended lots of different meetings and classes and read different books. I found my spiritual home is Threshold Society. And you can find that by Sufism.org. My spiritual teachers are Kabir and Camille Helminski. They're just such beautiful souls with such incredible, gorgeous, exquisite energy. It's interesting how I actually found them. I had read a book by Sheikh Kabir. It was such a beautiful book, Living Presence, by the way, for those who are interested. I wanted to see if I could have more teachings with him, and I happened to, and this is synchronicity, right? Nothing happens by chance. But I happened to come across a workshop that they were doing for writers in Costa Rica. This was in 2019. I had such a strong feeling of imposter syndrome. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm really a writer. I don't know if I should really go. But I really wanted to meet a genuine Sufi sheikh in person, and particularly him because I'd read his book and had really loved it. So what I did was I was like, you know, I'll just apply. And if it's meant to be, I'll get accepted. If not, I won't. So I did. I applied. I got in. So excited. And I went to Costa Rica for the most incredible, incredible week of my life. Because for several reasons. One, the Helminskis are incredible human beings. To be in their presence is to be in the presence of such a high level of energy 
And such a beautiful, calming, peaceful energy. So that was one. Then the second was the group of people there were so warm and compassionate. And I had been starved of being in a community of people like that who were so accepting and so spiritual, but also down to earth. Then I had so many spiritual openings in Costa Rica. I think the land itself is so unpolluted and it's just a beautiful environment. Physically, it's a beautiful environment, but there's such a sense of calm and peace there. The people there are so happy and we were in a kind of a remote area on the on the coast, but it was such a beautiful it was such an incredible, amazing time, and I had so many spiritual shifts, and I wrote poetry. I had poetry coming from I don't know where. This was an incredible time in my life. Suddenly, as soon as that trip was over, COVID hit. So in my mind, this was such an incredible thing to happen to me right before COVID hit, because I was so deeply immersed in that spirituality that when I came back, I had to cancel, and I used to love to travel. So when COVID hit, I had to cancel all my trips, but I was like, I'm a pretty optimistic person. So for me, first there was some disappointment about not being able to travel, but you know, at the time we had no idea how long it was going to last. I took that as an opportunity to really go inward. Over the next two and a half years, really, I did so many spiritual courses, programs, immersions, online retreats. And much to my delight, my spiritual teachers started offering their lessons online as well. Originally, I was thinking, oh, I was not going to be able to see them very much because I lived in Kentucky at the time. But when COVID hit, they decided to start doing their sessions online via Zoom. I was able to do these weekly and then monthly gatherings, which was beautiful. COVID, for many people, has been a nightmare. And I feel a sense of some guilt when I say this, but for me, it's been a miracle. I've gone inward so deeply that I didn't think it was possible. I've had so many spiritual shifts. I've learned to be guided by my intuition. I've gotten into energy healing. I've really woken up to higher levels of consciousness and had so many spiritual epiphanies and and openings and shifts that it's been an incredible, incredible two and a half years for me. And I wish that on everybody. I know a lot of people have been able to do some inner work during this time because, frankly, a lot of us didn't have any choice, right? We weren't going out. So if you're not going out, you can go in. And that was my guiding force over the last two years. Just now things are starting to open up for me. I had to quarantine a bit more because my son has a poor immune system. But I, again, saw this as an opportunity to really deepen my spiritual practices I started teaching mindfulness to others, self-compassion. And self-compassion has also been part of my journey. I have always been a pretty optimistic and self-confident woman. But during this time, when I went through the divorce, I did start to question some of my abilities. And like, you know, where did I go wrong? Or could I have done something differently? So, you know, I think a lot of people, those are natural questions that you ask when you go through a a divorce and I just I didn't really have any answers but I realized that I needed to give myself some self-compassion so I really got immersed in self-compassion practices and those made a huge difference to me and so I also offer that as part of my teachings to to others now because I think self-compassion is something that is so lacking and part of this is western society we just think self-compassion is somehow selfish and that we need to not 
be putting ourselves first. So this comes up a lot for parents of neurodiverse children as well as neurodivergent people. Self-compassion seems to be a huge issue. And so I really want to make sure that when I'm teaching anything I'm teaching my clients that I am really promoting that aspect of self-compassion and how important it is for anybody. So currently what I do is that I am a heartfulness coach, which is mindfulness with heart. And I help people learn how to live from a place of soul alignment so that they are living a life full of purpose and passion and joy and bliss because anything less and you're doing a disservice to yourself right now. Everything that I do comes from a place of love. Everything that I am comes from a place of love. I am love. That's all there is to life. And if you think less than that, then I really recommend that you change your mindset and you find a way to do something that brings you so much love and joy that you wake up every morning with a smile on your face, ready to go. And you live each day with joy and excitement and happiness. I'm also a neuropsychologist and I do adult assessments for autism, specializing in women particularly. And then I also have co-founded the Alchemy Heart Academy with my really good friend, Fazia. And we teach women, particularly targeting women in their 30s and 40s and up, how to transform themselves through personal and spiritual growth we have a a year-long program in which we teach women how to do this. So if you are interested, please check out my website. I have two. One is drrabia.com, D-R-R-A-B-I-A.com. That one is for my psychological services. The other one is rabiasubhani.com, R-A-B-I-A-S-U-B-H-A-N-I.com. That one is about my life coaching. Anyway, As I have decided my Sufi path, I then started changing my focus to other areas where I wanted to do some personal development. And I am a lifelong learner. I have to add this because I do so many programs and courses because when I find something that speaks to me and calls my soul, I immediately want to jump in and learn it. In the past year or so. I've done so many different types of programs. And just to name a few, I've done pain reprocessing therapy, which is a therapeutic program based on mindfulness. It helps people that have chronic pain, which I was very interested to learn. Around 80% of chronic pain is actually neuroplastic, which means that there's no structural damage, but your brain has reinterpreted the pain as a danger sign. And so it's set up this neuroplastic loop. So You help people learn how to get rid of that pain by doing this program. That was fascinating to me. I haven't really had much experience personally with chronic pain except for migraines, but I have had a really good friend who's had it, and I've just had so many clients who have had pain, and I'm like, if I'm coaching my clients on how to live a place of soul alignment, but they are suffering from chronic pain, How can I help that first so then they can shift their focus and start actually thinking about other ways that they can be happy? If you're constantly in pain, that's all you're thinking about. So that was one of the reasons why I did that program. I'm also doing a Jungian life coaching certification right now because I think this is going to be really pivotal in helping my clients learn how to 
do the shadow work and is going to help me in the process. So a lot of the programs that you do, I think, are interesting because when you do the programs, you are actually helping yourself, but you're helping other people in the process. So that's a really great benefit of doing these programs. I'm in training to be a energy healer through vortex healing. I am learning how to be a quantum consciousness facilitator that helps lead people on their soul journeys to heal at the soul level. And I'm excited to see what will be next. Thank you so much for joining me today for my first official podcast. I hope to do many podcasts with lots of amazing stories by amazing people. And I hope you will join me for those. If you'd like to share your story with me, please reach out and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.